Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Actually, I lied. I'm not in Toronto right now. I am in London, Ontario, in the coolest unfinished basement that I think I've ever seen. Actually, that might be a lie, too. I think in high school, I've seen a, a bunch of other unfinished basements. How do you like the uh, sports memorabilia in the back? Um, um, I, <laughs> you I follow really, any of those guys? I really like this you like that rice hat yeah so I, I, have a, I have a rice hat you know what that's awesome because that 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 keeps the sun off me while i <laughs> while i well you know you can't you can't you can't be dark my thinking cat i wear that uh, when i'm in deep deep thought nice we are hanging out with uh my buddy steve and i wanted to have steve on our podcast today because steve's an entrepreneurial kind of guy and a big part of what we do in our podcast is talking to entrepreneurs and figure out what they do how they did what they did what some of the ups and downs have been and to be honest with you, a lot of people that come on this podcast, they really talk up the ups a lot. And I feel like there's a lot of downs that people leave out. And I don't know why they leave it out, but I feel like Steve will uh, get deep with us and maybe talk <laughs> about some of the downs because, you know, it's hills and valleys. Steve, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Hey everyone. Welcome, Mark, to London yet again. It's like not London. your first time here. You like London? No, I like London. Thought about moving here? I have thought about moving here. I've actually spoke about this on one of our other podcasts with this uh, this gentleman. His name is Ross. He had me out to his house. He has a clinic in his basement. And we rapped a little bit about living in London. And uh, Oh, yeah? yeah? Okay, I actually didn't hear that one. Yeah, oh, that hurts. Sorry about <laughs> I've listened to a few of your podcasts. I've, I've, I've enjoyed everyone that I have heard. All two. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while. Well, who's your target anyway? Um, we've got uh, probably mostly massage therapists that listen mostly to us. Mostly massage therapists. But you know what? It's really hard to tell when I look at Because I'm not a massage therapist. I, that's the first introduction uh, yeah, about but, me is that I am not a massage therapist. But but, um, but an entrepreneurial mindset. There's no borders, right? So the way I met Mark was uh, we worked together at a... Uh, Education Institute prior, what is it, almost 10 years ago? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Like We've known that. each other for 10 years. We've kept in touch ever since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have an educational background myself, did a master's in anatomy and physiology with a special emphasis in curriculum development. What did you, what, wait, 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 let's slow yeah. down. Where did you go to school for that? Queens. Queens University. Yeah, Queens. Cool. When you were in your- Queens and Kingston, Ontario. You ever been there? Uh, I'm sure you have. You know what? I've driven by it. Um, <laughs> I was actually going to do- a, a clinic workshop and they contact me and, and they said they were from Kingston. Right. And then when I put the address into my GPS and I, I was like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> I'm not in Kingston. I'm in farm country somewhere. Right. I think just north of Kingston. Your undergrad. When you were in your undergrad program, right. where you take, what did you, you got like a I did BSc? Uh, BSc Life Sciences. Okay. So I, hey man, so you want to know something about me? Yeah. Oh, we're already getting deep right now? Oh, well, sure. Why not? Okay. So uh, I never chose, I feel, my parents will tell you otherwise, okay. but obviously I'm, I, I chose the, the career path of science, uh, life science, once as far as my master's uh, doing anatomy and physiology to appease my parents. <laughs> Uh, because they wanted me to be a doctor. Okay. Right. Because you had no choice but to. Because I'm Asian, you know. I had... so that's what people won't notice through this podcast <laughs> is that they they need a a clear depiction of who I am. You don't think you sound I... Asian? <laughs> Do 
Who I? I don't know. I don't know what Asians sound like. You, like me? Like like you? Yeah. Do you, do I sound what do you Asian? sound Asian? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe half are you, Asian. Are you? Are you? Half, you're mixed. <laughs> yeah, I'm mixed. Cool, cool. Yeah. So your your dad's my dad's your uh, dad's your dad's my dad's Chinese. His parents yeah, yeah. are his parents are from uh, Chinese. Did place. they have any say about like your your uh, career or career your education path? Career, no education. Yes, there's no choice. You had to go to university. <laughs> we had we we had yeah. we had another dude on the podcast. Uh, his name is Vinny. We called him the super fan because uh, he really loved the unprofessional hours and uh, he contacted us and he was talking about this same idea about not having much of a choice to go to university post-secondary yeah. education. Amanda chimed in. She's like, oh, I didn't have a choice either. I either had to go to university or move out. I'm like, you had a choice. That was a choice. Yeah. We didn't have choices. It right, was, you're right. going to university. That was it. Right, that was right, the end yeah. of the sentence. So yeah, I get it. So you were in line from your parents go be a doctor. Right. Well, that's what they had envisioned the moment I was born. And um, yeah. Do, I, you, do you have siblings? I do have siblings. What was, uh, older and, or younger? And <laughs> the typical path. So one of them's a, an accountant. Okay. So Was that the vision for them as soon as they were born? Accountant. <laughs> he was good in numbers, but okay. which Asian person is not good in numbers in our generation? Right. And when I say I'm I'm in my mid thirties. Okay. Right. So I just don't I don't know if that's the case. Like this is very stereotypical, obviously. Stereotypes but... <laughs> come from somewhere. It's a place right. it's a place called the truth. Right. Okay. <laughs> um yeah. So uh my obviously my, my brother was really good in numbers. Okay. Uh, ended up being an accountant. Okay. Um pushed there by your parents. Yeah. Uh my sister also went into sciences and now is a pharmacist. Pushed there by your parents. Right, right. Pushed um uh, You will be a pharmacist. You know, it, the thing is it's not it's, I don't know. Do you even call this being pushed? Because they, they plant seeds in your head. They make you think that's what you want mm. growing up. Mm. So maybe they didn't like like take the whip and, and, and say like, you're, you're doing this so much. Some but the, this is like, yeah, this is kind of like the, they, they hinted and this is what I wanted to do. Not knowing what other options were available right. to me. I never was able to explore other options or like they never presented any other but i don't know as did you, a kid did you ever wake up in the <laughs> middle of the night to your mother whispering in your ear you're going to become a doctor you're going to become a doctor um i mean she would always she would always um bring up other people who were in medicine so like maybe a cousin or like uh maybe uh, an uncle that okay. went into medicine and say how awesome they were so she would always you know commend the the people that went to medicine as like God, so to speak, as the people that I should look up to. So I really didn't have any other people to look up to, so to speak. <laughs> I'm um, laughing because... You know, it's funny. The person I did look up to uh, was my dad. Okay. Uh, it, he probably doesn't know this, but like, obviously... He never will because he won't He never... Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I looked up to my dad who was an entrepreneur, but he was not... Obviously, my dad was not a doctor. So my mom never actually used him as the person... As, as the the epitome of a, of a role model. Mm, I wonder how is, your dad felt about that. I don't think he cared. You know what? I think my dad... Too busy working. He's too busy working. Also, he was... Um, I think he probably wanted something better for his kid as well. I think maybe he didn't look at himself like the perfect role model gotcha. for his kids. Yeah, yeah. Although he probably was that yeah. and more. Um, Value-wise, yes. Yeah. The guy worked his ass off. So he was an entrepreneur. Right. So this is... You know, you described me as an entrepreneur. I really do feel like I, I get that entrepreneurial spirit from my dad, yep. who started up a restaurant and is, to this day, very, very, very successful. He recently sold it, but but is very successful 
business. Is that the hardest fucking business to get into and keep and stay afloat and be so, successful? It's 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 funny. It's all about timing, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think he was very lucky uh, when he started up his restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's still hard as shit, right? It's yep. still really difficult to thrive in, in that industry in that business, and it takes it takes a lot a ton of work. Man, he worked woke up, you know, six in the morning peeling potatoes, yep. you know, cutting fish, and then worked till like eight o'clock when closing and then was like mopping up floors yep. and and all that crap. So like when you talk about work ethic, I mean it takes a lot a ton to become a doctor. Yeah. The work ethic to become a doctor, but the amount of work required to start a business like a restaurant, a lowly small business restaurant with I don't know 20 plus seats mm-hmm. in the restaurant. Um I mean you could argue that's just as much work. It is just as much if not more. If not more, right? So but anyway, I was able to see how hard he worked as a child and I I secretly saw my dad as a role model, mm-hmm. never told him. Would you ever tell him? Or are you too masculine? <laughs> or is he too I, masculine? I, for that? I probably have told him, but he probably didn't process it. Or maybe like we're, we're not like super emotional beings, <laughs> right? I get so it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I must have told him. Whether that just went over his head or maybe he didn't believe it, yeah. who knows, right? But yeah, I mean, I, I think he in a way wanted me to become a doctor as well. So you're the disappointment of the family. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that. I don't. I, I, I don't know how to look at it. <laughs> I really don't know how to look at it. But um, yeah, I mean, none of us became doctors. Every, every one of us fell short. My sister, obviously the closest being a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, for me, for sure, I didn't even try to pursue that path. I mean, at the end of the day, I went as far as getting my master's in, in, in a science-related field, but actually found a passion teaching. So that's how we ended up together. When did you <laughs> when did you find out your passion was teaching? Uh, one of your passions other than baseball. <laughs> when did you find out that when did I, your gig? The master's program that I took uh, had a it was a very unique master's program that had an emphasis in, in education, curriculum development. So it led me in another direction. So it made me realize that I had alternate options beyond, you know, going into medicine. So I felt that I liked it better. I thought it was I like to think that I'm a very noble person. Okay. That I, I, I had I have good morals and values and all that stuff. And I never thought there would be a business more noble mm. than <laughs> teaching mm. without the stress of the thing about being a doctor is as noble as that is, that profession is. Um, I saw a lot of uh, my friends pursue that path and it didn't provide the best lifestyle. I have friends that are still doing their, I guess, their residency till this day, like mid 30s. Um, it's it's a difficult path to take. Uh, to to you really need to be all in on it, yeah. and that's the thing that my parents didn't understand in in pursuing this path is that you know it's it's a lifestyle. Of your friends that right? that that are in medicine, are they in medicine for the reasons that we'd like to think people to get into medicine for? They like to help people, or is there an ego? I think I think a lot of them were pushed, thing behind it. I don't think it's a money thing. I think a lot of them convince themselves it's it's for the right reasons. Okay. Um, if they're anything like me, and a lot of them are, I think that they are just more obedient to their parents, and okay. their parents dro- drove them that t- towards that path. Yeah. And uh, they were just more diligent in listening to their, their folk. Right. You got kids, right? I do have kids. Are you going to push your kids in any any path? Um, I mean, I think the the right way to do things is just to give them exposure, not and not push them any which way, right? But I don't know. So what if uh, what if your kid comes to you, uh, just finished graduating high school and says, hey man, because he calls you that now, 
or he, she, <laughs> hey man, I'm going to go backpacking in Europe for a year. <laughs> I'm going to put U of T on hold for a little bit. Yeah, I think it's really important. Like if it's not something that I would prefer them to do, I it's I think it's important to express that, right? But what they ultimately decide, it's I guess it's their happiness. But you got to let them, you know what? I don't care if people listen to me or not, as long as I feel like I've expressed myself, okay. they, I, that I've been heard. And they've seen like, okay, yeah, if I do this, there is consequences to it right okay, so okay. ultimately it is it is your choice but i don't know man i don't know how my kid i freak out about that all the time having a child <laughs> yo man <laughs> i do freak out about that all the time i mean well you have young kids too right yeah so do you f- <laughs> well, now we're falling into a rabbit hole here that's okay yeah so um we're in the basement might as well I, yeah <laughs> i don't know if you freak out about this uh like i do but like or not even freak out if you do the same thing i do in the sense that um you play out your entire childhood. I, I know I do. I play out my entire childhood as raising my son and, and helping him and guiding him and making decisions. I always play out all the decisions and the way I was raised as a kid. And I, I, I end up, you know, trying to make decisions or help him guide him based on how I was raised as a kid. It, it becomes, a, in a sense, a mind fuck, so to speak, that I'm replaying my life. Okay. I replay my life because I'm responsible for, you know, so you, a life as well, right? So in this in this process of replaying your life, are you making changes along the way to like, I wish it was like this. Well, that's the, that's the, that's where the mindfuck is, right? Like, so it's like, I replay my life and I think like, oh, you know, what if my dad approached this differently? Or what if my mom approached this differently? Should I do it their way or should I do it a different way? Right. And then, but you don't know, even if you choose to do it a different way, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. So you, you made a perfect example. You brought up a perfect example about like, what if my kid decided that he wanted to go for go university and go backpacking yeah i know my what my i I know what my (laughs) parents would do and this is the thing i you replay what your parents did or would do in a situation like that and my parents would slap me across the head and say what the hell are you thinking yep you finish university first yep i would probably do what they say but like live my life in resentment (laughs) and all that stuff right so I replay that. I almost like play it to the point where like it actually happens. Mm. <laughs> and then based on that, I think about, I weigh the pros and cons and think about how to handle it for my son. The messed up thing is that you don't know how it's going to end up. It's true. You know how stuff. you ended up. Yeah. So you know how it would work if you approach it the same way your parents did. Well, you you, you think that's the way it's going to go. No. The worst case scenario, he ends up exactly like you. Is that such, such a bad thing? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? Trying to avoid that from happening. Um, okay. Okay. Did 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 your <laughs> spare the rod, spoil the child? Was that was that something for you growing up? Because that was something for me growing up. Spare the rod. Spare spare the rod, spoil the child. In other words, I got hit. Yeah, yeah. But I would never hit my kids. Oh yeah, I've, I've got I've never hit my kids either. Uh, I don't think I would even contemplate doing that. Mm. I mean, it got to a point where it's like, man, there, once again, replaying my life. I I got to a point where my my kid was. Uh, misbehaving so badly and I was thinking to myself wow my parents definitely would have hit me oh yeah <laughs> right so I do you know what I mean so like this this is this is like this is the well I, I once again I would never abuse my child or hit my but not, you even not call, call it abuse that's not I don't call it abuse you don't call it abuse I, right? I grew up in that household yeah. where that was that was just parenting but then I contemplate what what happened to myself and I I, I do start thinking was that abuse <laughs> was that like well, 
So I don't know. It's just like it's different time, different era. My mind is messed up with the whole generation changes and stuff like that and how you're supposed to how you're supposed to operate in life based on the way the rules are now versus how they were back then. Let's get into this because <laughs> because this brings up a, a big part of why I want to talk to you about your entrepreneurial journey. Like how do your parents feel about I'm interested okay, how are you gonna tie this into Well yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna tie go to, this in. Okay, so so you didn't go into medicine, right? Which your parents kind of wanted you to do, but they're still probably happy as fuck because you've got your master's degree. They probably be a little happy if you got your PhD, but not, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put put that in your head. Anyway, right. so you got your master's and everything else, and then you enter the workforce, and then so tell us, tell us where you go after after you're done at Queens, and keep in mind. This is not your parents' path for you. But anyway, how did it go after you left Queens? After I left Queens, um, so I took on a job for five years. You're, you're talking about my path right out of... Okay, so yeah. after my master's program, yeah. where did I go from there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my path was um, get a job, find find an opportunity. So right out of my master's program, I found a opportunity in the education sector, and I was super happy about it. Why were you super happy? You're just like, yeah, I'm getting yeah, a job you know, right yeah, where I you need know, to be. Yeah, you're... you're finally you, you know, made it not so much made it but like you're you're it's the kind of the next stage you've you've okay. entered the next stage of your life so was that right? all and, was that next stage for you or yeah for sure stepping stone i mean once again like i think my parents probably wanted me to pursue more education but i wasn't about that lifestyle okay. <laughs> i wasn't about like being in school for well into my 30s yeah, yeah, which yeah. i think if i i guess i could well, if I did my PhD, that would have been another four years. Yep. And I and I only would have been doing that to appease them. Right. Or I would have gone to medicine. I would have applied to some sort of, I don't know, health science program, uh, whether it be pharmacy, whether it be the medical field or even dentistry, whatever it may be. Yep. We're talking about another four to eight years, right? Yep. And yep. So I really wasn't about that lifestyle. I, I think right after my master's and being exposed to education, I felt like I could move to the next step of my life and get a job, a good job. A mm -hmm. decent job. Um, I was marketable. I had m my master's program. Mm -hmm. I had, um, you know, uh, the, the master's program provided me with, um, you know, actual experience and, and a practicum, where which allowed me to apply my knowledge in in the areas of education. So I felt like I was marketable to find find an opportunity. And right out of university, I found an opportunity. So I didn't want to turn that down, and um, I, I decided to to work. And I, I was really happy with with the the, the opportunity that I got because. Once again, it was in an industry that I that I thought was that I want to be in, mm -hmm. right? So right out of university, worked there for five years. So this is my first kind of exposure to the the workforce. Did it live up to your expectations? Um, was it everything you thought it was going to be? It was great for the first three years. What made it great? I um I you know I got elevated in the company really quickly. Uh, it almost gave me a false sense actually about what it's like to be in the work uh, in the workforce. Um, How did you? I think, How did I think you... a lot of I think most people take a long time to get a promotion or or work their way up the ladder. So I'm how do you how do you jump rungs, um, Spider Man? So I mean I think my relationship with the the director or the boss, the president, whoever it was, it was really good, and he saw a lot of potential in me, right? And I think because that relationship was so good that I got elevated really quickly. And I, I became, I guess I, I, I had thought that this was the way it's supposed to be in the workforce. Gotcha. So in the first like two to three years, it was great. And then entering the third year, the fourth year, yep. the fifth year, 
something kind of changed. There was no change. There was nowhere to work from. No, there was no way, nowhere, uh, nowhere else to like kind of elevate. You're on there. the highest rung. Yeah, you can't at, go anywhere so, else. At so young, at so like literally within maybe the first two years of entering that position. So, are your parents happy at this moment? Are they like, okay. you know, it's not medicine, but you know what? He's at this place. He's, so he's happy and he's he's moving up really quick. So I think they do harbor the idea of me not being a doctor. So whatever job I got mm. wasn't, I don't know if it's true or not. This is all presumption because we don't talk about our feelings, right? So <laughs> I just, I just assumed they were not happy about what I was doing for a living. Maybe they thought I was destined for more yeah um what, what made you think this though like is it is it body language is it the unspoken oh, words is it, or is this just all in your mind because my mom would always tell me to stop working and go back to school ah, okay. <laughs> like really? she would always drop that as like why don't you go back to school why don't you do your right, phd right, right, or whatever. Right. Like, even though i already had a job i was yeah. like collecting income like i was putting a lot in the bank i had enough to save for a house yeah. like no matter what and then once again, and she, you know what's funny? She she knew I got promotions. She knew I yeah, got raises yeah. and stuff like that. She knew I was working my way up the company, but still it wasn't like... So I I worked there for like three years and she still would drop the idea of me going back to school and, and doing medicine, which is crazy. Mm. You know what? I, I bet you if I told her right now, like I'm <laughs> 10 years into the workforce yeah. and I'm married with kids, I bet you she would love the idea for me to actually just drop everything that I'm doing, which is totally unrealistic and and, and enter a, a medical program or something like that. Mm. It's just mind-blowing how much <laughs> they want it, yeah. right? But like, if, if I don't want it, I can't I, I can't bring myself to do it. Exactly. Right? So so after three years, you, you start to lose your after taste. After three years, um, still in the same company, um, I don't know what it is. I, I got recruited from another company. I really had to think about that opportunity because uh, by year three, there was nowhere else for me to grow in the current company. It's all I ever knew coming out of university. An opportunity was presented to me with more responsibilities, mm -hmm. higher pay, and uh, I was recruited by a friend of mine who um, uh, actually worked really well with. So he was enticing me, uh, and he would have been my direct supervisor. So it was just kind of, it seemed like the right thing to do. When you're getting recruited, and I'm assuming it's because of the work, uh, a large part of it is because of the work you're already doing for this organization that you're with. The work that you're doing- Very similar work, yeah. And then and then plus added responsibilities. So the work that then, you're doing for the organization yeah. that you're currently, well, that you were with right out of your master's program. Like, I know you are working on a whole bunch of different projects and like you, I'm trying to figure out Essentially, were you an entrepreneur trapped in a box that only had a ladder that took you <laughs> to the fucking roof? Right. And that's when you're like, I got to get out of here. Okay, so Mark thinks that I have this entrepreneurial spirit. I think it's obvious because when we work together, I think we always had a really good relationship. Like we would always, uh, you know, during breaks, whatever, we'd hang out or whatever. And most of the stuff that we talked about was like the million dollar idea, right? So <laughs> I feel like that's probably where your name is million in my phone yeah right on yeah and i am always thinking about new ideas innovation yeah. and, and trying to find ways to be make millions and that's always been the basis of our conversation every time we met together i was like yo do you have a million dollar idea what's your million dollar idea and we just like brainstorm crazy ideas and our minds would actually just go crazy with ideas and it i think it ventured off to script writing yeah. <laughs> and uh you know various businesses uh whatever it may be yeah that was always 
in me that was always in me i don't know what drove me once again i guess i guess it's a combination of things which drove that part of me i watched a lot of shark tank dragon's den uh like i said my dad was was an entrepreneur himself i think the fact that you're raised that you always have to strive for more plays a big part of that so once again being part of stereotyping asian culture once again is like there's no way to satisfy your parents so no matter what you do in life you have to get better Mm -hmm. i think that plays a part in being an entrepreneur i think that that's huge because i ask a lot of entrepreneurs when they come on do you think entrepreneurs are, are are made or are they developed right and i'm curious were you born an entrepreneur or did you develop into one I think I think how you're raised and how I guess the whole what is it I, you know I don't even know how to put this but like you know your personality plays a huge part of that I think your personality is shaped by the way you're raised so um, I think they're they can be developed I, I it, in the sense that they can be developed but I, I guess it's harder l- later in life right okay it, there's a mindset required to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and not everybody can get there not everyone wants to get there I, I don't know if it's well let me throw it back at you what, what makes a good entrepreneur is it the mindset or is it like mindset is huge I think you but what specifically about your mindset like I'm under a very false belief that anything is possible. And (laughs) there's always some method to get to that possibility. That's where it starts. If 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 I if I feel like there's limitations, then my ideas go nowhere. And if my ideas go nowhere, then the effort towards those those ideas don't go anywhere. And then I might as well be at a job somewhere doing what someone else wants me to do. There is a certain drive to do things for yourself. And I don't know where that drive comes from. That's where I'm kind of getting at. Is that drive developed or is that drive innate? Like I've had jobs at places and there always gets to be a point where I'm like, fuck this. I can't work for somebody else. And it's not until maybe the last, I don't know, seven years or so, I truly realized I'm unemployable. I'm good with you for a good probably five years and I might be in good spirits. And then after that, I start to, I I have an itch that needs to be scratched. Right. And I think that's a big part of a successful entrepreneur. They have that itch. They're not they're not content with what they're surrounded with unless they are the ones pulling the strings on what they're surrounded with. I don't like rules as well. Rules rules are to me guidelines for stupid people who can't make up their minds or need guidance. So from <laughs> what I'm hearing, it sounds like you think that there's a specific mold to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I do. Yeah? I think I think there has to be something there. I think I think you have to be able to take egg on the face and wipe it off and decide right. I'm going to fix this or I'm going to do something different or I'm going to make this work versus getting fucking egg on your face and right. going home and crying that you got egg on your face. That's a huge thing. I, I have to be able to get knocked down and, and then and then come back up or want to come so back what up. what is the most important uh trait in in your mold that makes is it is it this the striving to be better or the striving to want something it's the it's the drive the drive to want something and that drive to want something it could come from anywhere but it's that drive to want something whether it's that drive to want 
the millions or that drive to make a difference in people's lives for the better right <laughs> it's it's a it's some it's, sort of there's something that has there, to be there has to be driving. some sort of internal flame right internal fire right and not everyone has that internal fire the, not the everyone's supposed to, to have that internal the fire. drive to satisfy your parents because they think you're a giant <laughs> for not becoming a doctor because like that that's i you know what that's funny it's the one thing i can see them like like forgiving me for and not in not pursuing uh, medicine yeah. is that if I was probably like Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> yeah. who just like just pulled it off. Yeah, pulled it off like a huge successful company. I mean, it doesn't even have to be fucking like Facebook. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could like if it was just like a successful. You might be. For, like, you might yeah, be forgiven. might be forgiven. So it's so funny because I did start up a business. As you know, yes, but you know, I kept it a secret okay. from my parents. So let's 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 backtrack <laughs> on this. Then yeah. let's go back to you're at the three year mark. The last two years at that place that you're at, you got recruited somewhere else. I got recruited somewhere else. You're somewhere else. You're making more money. You've got more responsibility. And it wasn't even the money. It wasn't even the responsibility. It was being there for five years. It was by the third year. Once again, I. I had this false sense that, you know, once you start working, that you're going to continuously climb, 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 climb. Right. By the third year, I realized that there was nowhere else to climb. And I was doing the same thing over and over again. And by the third year, fourth year, fifth year, and by the fifth year, I was I was presented an opportunity where I was able to climb but in a different company. So that drive to like, you know, do something different, but better enticed me to take on that opportunity. So then I left. But and then you and I had this conversation, hindsight 2020, should I have taken on that opportunity versus like staying at the company I, uh, I was currently working in? Mm -hmm. I may not have taken it because I didn't realize how fucked up <laughs> that company was okay. that provided me with this new opportunity because they did, although the opportunity was very interesting, they promised me the world as far as the the. Uh, when, during the job interview, they promised me like resources and growth opportunities and all this great stuff, exactly what you want to hear uh, when you when in a job interview. Um, and they weren't able to deliver on it. And mm. I didn't realize how dysfunctional the company was. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of was a bad decision in the sense that the company was not what I thought it was going to be. Do I regret leaving the other company? I don't because... Once again, it was all I ever knew right out of university. Does that make sense? Like, cause, makes a lot of sense, yeah. Like, makes a lot of sense I'm, I'm me, telling you hindsight 2020, I shouldn't have left that company, but at the same time, I don't regret it. That it I makes sense yeah. to me, but, but like I said, I'm uh, to me, nothing is impossible. Yeah. So everything to me, I, I never lose. I either win or I learn. That's exactly how I look at it. So I think if I was looking for stability, which I'm not that type of person, I don't look for just a stable opportunity. I look for an opportunity that will provide me growth. This new opportunity did provide me with that opportunity. It just didn't turn out to be what I thought it was. And then I ended up leaving. To pursue it was, it your was own just, thing. Yes, because it was just too volatile. It was too dysfunctional. Uh, I decided, and also I had moved to London and the office was based out of uh, Richmond Hill. Okay. Um, and um, I had a new child at the time. There's other factors involved, but uh, mainly it was, it was a very dysfunctional company. Okay. And uh, I decided to separate myself from that. After I separated myself from that, the question was, where do I go from here? And I just thought that it made the most sense to actually at this point in my life to actually pursue my own venture. Unlimited so, growth. Unlimited growth. Unlimited growth. 
as as great as that sounds, there's other factors that play into whether it actually did make sense or not. So tell me about, you don't have to get into the specifics of the business or whatever the case is, but right. tell, me, tell me about how do you decide to jump ship because that's essentially what you did. I mean, the ship might have had a fire on it and you wanted to get <laughs> off the fucking ship, but nonetheless, you, you left something that, right. that does pay bills, that does support your family to being like, fuck, I got to right. get out of here. So is the, that a hard thing to do? Or is that an easy thing to do? So, I mean, so yeah, I jumped ship and the decision was, do I look for another stable income mm-hmm. or do I pursue my own venture and and find happiness and unlimited growth potential, which to me are, are one of the biggest factors in, in starting up your own business. I don't know what was... I'm going to throw this back at you again. What was your motivating factor for starting your own business? Um, happiness? <laughs> I feel like it was happiness. I don't know, based on our conversation. A lot of, okay, so there's a, there's a whole bunch of reasons that. why yeah. I, I decided yeah. to leave where right. I left. I left where I left because I was growing unhappy there. Um, I'm a big company culture guy and I feel a little duped. I drank the Kool-Aid <laughs> and then uh, uh, I woke up and I realized... Like, they were heavy on that Kool-Aid. I, sure. I I realized I drank the Kool-Aid and I felt and I actually felt dumb about it. I felt fucking stupid because I jumped in, like you know, head first. I didn't I didn't test the water to see how deep it was, right. and I feel like a like an idiot. Yeah, that's one thing. Another thing is I feel so like you want to create your own culture, though. Well, part kind of the thing is, yeah, that's like, uh, yeah. or I wanted to be involved in a in something that was that was what I felt was genuine. And it needed to be a certain way. Right. And then I realized, fuck it. Like, I'm just, I can't work for people. I, because a big part of it is because one, like, one, I, because I think everything is possible. And when you combine that with, I have a billion, everything I is possible. When you combine that with, I have, and I'm, I like to think of myself as an idea guy. Yeah. So I feel like almost every idea I have is possible to make this happen. And then I'm confronted with red tape that I got to cut through at a place to make these things happen. Meanwhile, while I'm sitting there going, it's fucking possible because everything's possible and I'm the one willing to do the work behind it. So let's cut the red tape and let's just let me do what I got to do here. And then I'd be happy. I need a certain amount of freedom to operate. And then when I wasn't granted the freedom anymore to operate, every idea I brought to that place, I took it and I did it myself. Right. It makes me happy. But yeah, that's, I don't, I don't even remember what your question was before I went on a rant, but that's, that, that was for me. So it, it was, a, it was about, it was about a level of happiness oh, yeah, with that's, with, that's was, with my yeah. work. What was the main motivating factor? But involved uh, the in, in biggest the biggest part for me is I don't like to be told something can't be done, and right. and I don't like to have to go through other people to get done what I feel is possible and is fucking awesome. It's like, you don't see how awesome this is? Yeah. This is a problem. I know, and I, I, I'm the first to admit I'm fucking delusional, <laughs> right? But I'm happy to say that every idea that I brought to my former place of employment, I'm doing it now, and it's working fucking great. Yeah, you have a great business model, I gotta say. Uh, it, I, it's It's... it's yeah, it's I, I really respect your business model. Obviously, um, how much how much research and planning did you do? Did I do before before entering this? So there's like because that's the thing. There's the situational factor as to why you want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the kind of the realistic factor 
like does it make sense like in terms of like where my life is right now well, because, uh, in terms of where i am financially because i'm delusional like like, yeah. it all makes sense so you, when i went you home you jumped into it like when not, i went yeah, home yeah. and i said i need to quit i was met with are you sure this is a good idea like right you're the primary source of income right now because right. there was a child in the mix right right my Shit. wife was not working yeah. And I was like, I have to not be there anymore. That's yeah. it. I'm done. And it was, I will go, I'm going to find a way to make this work. I'm delusional. So, you know, it's so funny because like as, as much as you think I have a, I have a strong entrepreneurial spirit, you I do. think there's a lot of me that maybe you don't know about well, in me, terms of my personality that it. actually contradicts my ability to be entrepreneurial. Let's hear it. You said you're delusional. I'm very realistic. Okay. Like I, once again. That's good. Well. Because a delusional guy like me needs someone that's realistic <laughs> to, to ring me back in. I am so like, so. Before this podcast, uh, I asked you to prepare me with the list of questions that you had right. going into this podcast. And you were like, that's not how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I like to know what I'm like to engage in in terms of conversation. Which is like, good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, but like, I don't know if that is necessarily a great characteristic from an entrepreneurial point of view of i mean i'm not it, i mean you could argue both ways yeah are you a gambling man no everything's possible you like in terms of you could always win right like yeah you're right have you ever put down a bet uh i've played slots <laughs> once in my life i'm not a gambler at all why are you not a gambler uh i don't mind blowing money on my friends well when i used to go out and party and drink right. well, i don't mind blowing four or five hundred bucks on a night of booze i can't i can't stomach the idea right. of blowing money at a blackjack table but i that's just me it's, it has nothing to i yeah. just don't enjoy do you not believe in the possibility of winning oh there is definitely a, a possibility a, a gam- of winning. A, for sure gambling setting for you sure. do you do it's not my cup of tea not your cup of tea right but in terms of like so in terms of the entrepreneurial i guess setting though you are a gambler yes yes but is this a trait that needs to be there for a successful entrepreneur no I don't think so. I think it's, if, it's necessary to get your mind around the idea of actually pursuing uh, I think, a venture. I think part of what you need is to be able to think unconventionally. I think you need to have a certain amount of guts to act on it, but then you also need to be real enough to, to, right. to know when, when, when to call it a day and, uh, and, right. and put the cards on the table and fold yep. and say this isn't working. So the only reason why I was comfortable in taking the, the step of becoming uh, an entrepreneur and starting my own venture is because it took a while to really think about it. And I thought it through. What do you think about in that while? Just basic business plan. Is there okay. a market for, for what I want to offer? Um, do do I have the financial resources? Who is it going to affect in my life, right? Um, this is all stuff that a good entrepreneur does. These are all does. things that I had to factor in before I made that decision to be entrepreneurial. All the, all the check boxes I were checked maybe some were half checked okay right maybe not the perfect situation but like the thing is i thought about it once again i would never go into a venture knowing that like maybe one thing in that checkbox would go completely wrong Mm. everything needed to have like you know a check or half check so i really thought it through i even thought of even before i started i thought about an exit plan which you should right everyone should so nothing about what you're saying to me is like i'm not an entrepreneur right? right we know people that work at places that would never even consider this idea 
But you did more than that. You you considered it. You deliberated on it. You made your boxes, and then you checked some off, half not, and then you went with it. Like that takes. But stones, I don't know man. because once again, for some entrepreneurs, they need to be motivated. So to think of an exit strategy before you even start could be demotivating to them like it's almost like the self-fulfilling prophecy so to speak where it's like if you don't think it's going to be successful going into then you won't be successful now i say this because i have a business partner that operates completely different than i do and okay before you before we get into your business partner how he operates different about the exit strategy so there's two different ideas for an exit strategy one i'm gonna fail at this and i better have a backup and the other one is i'm gonna super kill this motherfucker and at some point guess what this is not gonna be my thing anymore and i'm gonna get i i have an exit strategy to sell this motherfucker off and that's part of the deal so there's two there's two ends to this idea of having an exit strategy so when i'm talking about uh, having an entrepreneurial spirit and and you need to have an exit strategy you should always have one because if it if it's this level uh, or there's this infinite growth potential for you then there's right. always potentially something more which might be way beyond what you're doing now and therefore you should have an exit strategy right right i'm, I'm just i'm just kind of curious about like because in terms of starting a business yep. the delusional entrepreneur mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that like do you think that's a you think that's a is it okay is it is it an advantage or a disadvantage to be delusional is, is my question I, th- I guess i think from a creative aspect delusional is good i think from I, I, agree. I think from a able to i hate saying it able to think outside of the box uh, i think it's a great thing to have right but it needs to be balanced it needs to be balanced. Do you feel like you have that balance? Do or? I feel like I have that balance? Um, I do have a little bit of it, but as long as you're surrounded by but people, but that, that's yeah. exactly it. I'm surrounded by people that will really quickly say, like, do think <laughs> think about this more. Not even like put in their sense, like I think it should go like this. See, that's but why your whole situation kind of makes more sense. To someone me just slowing me down. So, so what drove you to to start your business was, I guess, the feeling of unhappiness about where you were. Unhappiness and the need for control. Yeah, need for control. Yeah. And but that was the motivation, motivating drive to help make you start your business. Yes, and then right. and then on top of that, but without I'm, any additional thought, you just went for it. I just like, went for it. You went for it because I'm also competitive in that way where. I every every everybody out there that's doing what I'm doing now. Yeah, I'm like I can fucking do this better. Right. So yeah, those are the motivating factors. So you didn't even think of the possibility of failure because you saw other people doing something similar to what you're doing, and you said to yourself, "I could do this better." Or yeah, there 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 is no failing on this. Right. That's it. Failure didn't cross your mind. Failure didn't cross my mind. So this is where I'm different. (laughs) Okay. Is that I always. Prepare, it's like I, I guess hope for the best prepare for the worst kind of thing uh, and that's kind of my nature um, I do have motivating factors that drive me to get better and I think that's where the entrepreneurial like the million dollar idea comes from always looking for the million dollar idea but at mm-hmm. the same time I'm always thinking about failure what about failure do you think about um, I don't know see this is is it is, I it, gotta, is it an embarrassment that comes with oh, absolutely. failure okay so this this it all comes is it a so financial I, thing that comes up like what, what oh, about oh man combination of things yeah you don't want to okay so Failure, you don't want to, when you fail, embarrassment should be the least of your worries, but at the same time, it does worry me. Uh, Well, especially with your folks. There you go. Yeah. 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 Um, I wish there were more support. That's the thing. I I started up with this business. I didn't even tell them about it. It, I ran this business, uh, my own venture for three years. Mm -hmm. And the first two years, I didn't even tell them about it. Mm. My hope was that I would be successful and I'll tell them once I'm successful. What did they think you were doing? (laughs) 
in those three years? Do, <laughs> they, think do they think you're in med school? <laughs> no, no, I told them I was just doing my, yeah, no, I, I was working part-time and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So I did have another job or like a security blanket. They thought I, they didn't ask any questions. They thought I was working, gotcha. but secretly I had, <laughs> a, you know, the thing about starting a, a business is that it's nice to have that support around you yep. just so that you have peace of mind. I don't, the, the people around you might not be able to do anything to help you, but it's nice to have that support, that encouragement, which I knew instantly if I told my parents what I was doing, uh, it wouldn't have been that support, that encouragement. It would have been the opposite. It's like, why are you doing this? So I didn't need that anxiety on top of trying to start a business, right? So I decided, you know what, I'll tell them once I'm successful. Or if I fail, they don't even know about it. They don't even it. know about <laughs> They it. don't even know about it. It's not going to affect them, Yeah. right? But yeah, that should be the least of your worries. Like the, the feeling of embarrassment if you fail should be the least of your worries. My biggest fear was like financial, like I have a, I have a family. How are they going to be affected by, by me starting a business and failing? Right. So once again, always contemplating the possibility of failure and just being realistic. I'm like, honestly, I don't know if I, I'm negative or if I'm real, uh, like realistic. When if you ask me like if there's a cup half full or half empty, I'm like the cup is at half. <laughs> <laughs> like like I I I that's how I think I am as a person. It's just like I like I, that, yeah. I like I you just, just call it what it is. I call it it's what it is. Cup. Yeah, it's a half versus cup. me. I think who drank my fucking water, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, so constantly contemplating every like. Also, you watch the Matrix. You you watch ever who hasn't watched the Matrix? I've seen the first one. Yeah. But like I think of every possible scenario, mm. like every possible scenario. That's a good I don't know thing, if it though. Fucks up with my like, but it, no, that's maybe a good I'm thing. overthinking it, or maybe well, I'm like I don't know. I don't know if that bodes well to being an entrepreneur, a, a good entrepreneur. I think it does, I think it, and I think I, I think, I think that, it's gonna help protect you. Yes, but then, like you said, but, and you were, and we're gonna get into your business partner, which you were going to get into, and I cut right, you off. Sorry. Where I no, that was me that did that. Um, where I think that. You you need you need someone else on the other side of the seesaw. You need someone else on the other side of the teeter totter. Absolutely, and that's who I thought I well I I did find that. So tell me what you found entering my business venture. I knew because of my personality that I wouldn't be able to do this alone. I so I sought a business partner. Actually, this business partner came to me with the idea. Um, so, is it because of all of the the really kind of steadiness is why you thought you needed a business partner? I knew that. So, I'm not a gambling yeah. man. Myself. Is it because of that that you I, like? I feel like if you want to be entrepreneurial, you have to be a gambling okay. man. Okay. Okay. You do. So, you found a gambling man. So, I the found, gambling man found you. The gambling man found me, okay. presented me with an opportunity. I was in a scenario where I wanted to just leave that 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 job and was presented an opportunity to start my own thing in a market which I really believed in that I felt like there was a demand for uh, things kind of seemed aligned for me to actually start this venture and this guy in my mind was a perfect person to uh, do business with because he was the opposite of me. So the the drawbacks of of what I feel actually made me a really good entrepreneur. I felt like this guy compensated for. Gotcha. So I thought it was the perfect it was the perfect marriage. And and I, I kind of do think it was. I was about I still, to say I you still saw that like, past tense. No no no. I, I think it was a it was a good marriage. I think I saved this dude from being bankrupt in the first year. Uh, That's where the steadiness is important. Right. At, at, but at the same time, uh, he he'll probably argue. Uh, 
uh, opposite who probably think that if I allowed him to execute the way he wanted to, that he would uh, be a lot further. But um, I don't know. He might be right, but I have my opinions, and I think <laughs> I think he would be in a more difficult spot. I think we were able to uh, get as far as we did um, because we played it safe. Because we played it safe. Yeah, but he was really good at what he did. I don't know if I'll call it playing it safe. Let's call it playing it smart. It depends on who you talk to. It really does depend on your school of thought, right? If you were the gambling type, then maybe not placing your bet or hedging your bets would, would, would not be the correct move. I don't know, man. The house always wins. <laughs> well, that that's my opinion. That's... You know, the house. So you actually raise a really good point. So most businesses that get started, most small businesses go bankrupt within a few years. So I think in terms of starting up your your business, longevity is key. The longer you can keep your brand out there, yep. uh, the better it is, right? So yeah, I mean, we're three years in mm. and it's still going, but the story is I decided to take an exit. Mm. Yeah. Why? If you want to say. You don't have to. Um, we we got the business to a point where it was a plateau so we i think the way it's running right now it could last for as long as it wants to but it's just only going to break even um and it didn't make sense for me in terms of a financial aspect to stay in a, a break even business yeah, right you sense. want to you want to drive that business to the next level and in order for us to do that it was to inject more of an investment so really double down on the business uh, but we've already invested a lot of money and time in it so to invest more into that business really would have been another financial risk on top of the financial risk we took when we started it right so so the fact that i exited is not it's it's interesting because it's it's not an indication of my belief in the company i actually still fully believe in it i still feel like it could be the multi-million dollar company but the other factors which is like can i wait another two years not collecting a salary um you know so now it became the other factors that were so now it became like you know the check boxes that I mentioned originally to inject more capital into into the business. Some of those check boxes were not I could not check some of those boxes, right. so it just didn't make sense for me. So everything needs to be checked. So mm-hmm. um, I made a decision to let my partner continue, and uh, I had to step away. And it was actually a really difficult decision. I I, I would love to continue, but just not uh, didn't make sense for me to do that at this point in first stage of my life. Any regrets on your decision? Um. I think it's the right decision. Um, yeah, because you, you, I put three years into that, right? Mm-hmm. I put three years into um, a business that I truly believed in and had to like stop short because of other factors. Not because of the business. If it was solely about the business, if it was solely about the business, then of course I would love to have continued. But it wasn't about that. There was other factors involved. So Did you have the wrong partner for this? No, I still think that he was the correct person to pursue this opportunity with. I do fear for him that he's by himself now, to be honest with you. Because he like me? Because like, now he's he he delusional have, like me? Uh, he's, he's, I don't know. Is he even more I don't delusional? know how delusional you are. He's, he's probably more delusional if you ask me. Mm. But I don't know. In his life, things have always worked out for him. So Yeah, but if that horseshoe's been up your ass for a long time, you know, it's, it's, it's going to get lost up there at some point. And then your luck is going to run out. I don't know. Or maybe I, not. What do I, I fucking know? <laughs> I have a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do believe in him and I think maybe I don't give him enough credit on how uh, smart he does play it mm. all I know is that he does play it a little bit harder than I do like in, in terms of 
risks, right? Yeah. So, um, like I said, if, it depends on who you're asking. I mean, I like to think that I, the reason we were able to, to survive for so long and not be in a hole, but like actually be in a break-even situation, yeah. I think is because of the decisions that we made together where although he would have probably risked a little bit more, I decided, I, I told him like, let's hold back a little bit more. Let's let's build this for the long term. And then once we see what we have, then, then we can make the decision to double down. So we got it to a point where we can make a decision to double down, but unfortunately the resources just kind of ran out uh, at that point. He can still do it. He can either take, there's other, there's avenues to do that, right? You can take out a loan, but like, once again, these are risks. Like, yeah. And he's a risk taker. So he's a risk taker. So I can see he's him comfortable doing with it. That. Yeah. yeah. Like what would you look for in your next business partner? Or do you think if you were to do something, you would do it solo or would you still look for, look for, you know, it's, people? it's interesting. I feel like if, if, uh, the right opportunity came where I could start my own business again, I did learn a lot from, from him. What do you mean the right, if the right opportunity came? Well, you have to come up with another idea. Yeah. Don't you mean when you create the right opportunity? <laughs> um, or is it for you a right opportunity comes along? That's a good question, man. Because like now I'm kind of thinking about the opportunities that I have. And I think most of the time it's fall, it's fallen on my lap a little bit. So maybe you're the one with the horseshoe up your ass. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. So yeah. if the right opportunity comes along. If the right opportunity comes along or if I do have an idea for for um, an opportunity, um, I think the experience that I, I garnered has given me the confidence to try to do it on my own. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, how do you how do you like being a solo a solo? Do you feel like you're a solo guy or is there uh, do you have good support? Like what's the story here? Um my wife Amanda, we're, right on. we're Amanda. yeah, we're we're in it together. So it's not <laughs> it's not solo. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it is solo. It's just it's just the two of us really and yeah. So it's it's uh we had this conversation earlier, like um the business that we ran is considered a micro enterprise mm-hmm. where it's uh one to four staff. Yeah. kind of thing um part of my belief in starting an enterprise now or, or or a venture is that i'm not sure if i would recommend a micro enterprise i really think that we would have gone a lot further if we had more uh resources in terms of support like staff the right people doing the right yeah. doing the right job yeah like that's the one thing I wish we could have budgeted for but we ended up doing everything ourselves mm-hmm. as and that's the 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 you know, usually the case with a with a micro enterprise. And yep. as good as you are and whatever it is that you do, if you turn that into a business, like you better have additional support if you don't plan to do everything yourself. Yep. And even if you do sit back and do everything yourself, all you did was create a job for yourself, a job with several different tasks. Right. And that was actually never my intention. And I don't think it was the intention of our business partner, which is one of the reasons why I left is like, yeah, we might have found an opportunity that can just collect, you know, a simple, you know, income every year, mm-hmm. like a comfortable salary. Uh, now we have the risk of, you know, now we're doing more work. So once again, when I started my venture, it was like, do I look for another job and collect a salary? Or do I start my venture with the satisfaction of, you know, uh, continuous growth mm-hmm. and all that stuff? I think what we ended up working our way towards was a stable company that had the potential to make a decent salary at its best. And we were working our asses off in order to, you know, either break even or at the very best to make a comfortable salary. When we started the business, the, the the idea was always, I think the vision was like, you know, get it to a point where it's running itself. And then we'd be in a 
island in Hawaii or whatever uh, as it was kind of working on its own. I didn't see it getting there. And I think that's part of the decision as to why I still think it can get there. I think that's probably like the business is probably like five years away from doing that. But, you know, what am I sacrificing within those five years in order for me to make sense to to, to pursue it, to continue it? Still, still too much. So anyway, I was doing a ton of work. It was a lot more work than I had anticipated. The thing is, I don't have a problem with hard work. I don't have a problem with hard work. Um, but I knew it was more years. And then and then financially, it didn't make sense as well. Yeah, that's tough. There's a lot of factors. So that's the thing. Like I, I guess we were supposed to talk about the realistic aspect of starting a business. Like shit got real really fast in, in understanding what it took to, to start a business. And for me, I always knew it was beyond just the mentality, right? Sure, you need to have that, you know, can-do attitude and the motivation. So that was easy. But once I realized the other factors that played in becoming successful, I guess as I progressed, I was thinking like, does this make sense? Does this not make sense? Hmm. I don't know if I'm making sense. You are making sense. Does your partner... The motivation's easy. Then the fact that I want, like the the drive to want it, you know, uh, to be like, to have my own business is still there. Right? Yeah, yeah. But now that I know about the other factors involved in, in, in having it be successful, that's, that's a whole other thing. Hmm. So, uh, you know what? The perfect situation has to come if I'm going to ever do this again. If you can choose, of which I believe you can, but I'm delusional. Do you want the perfect situation to show up? Or do I do, you, or, or of do course. You, or do you want the perfect employment to show up? I think the dream is still to do your own thing. Nice. I'm it smiling. is, right? That's always the dream. But like the thing is, it's it's a lot harder than it seems. Do you know, in terms of the the people that uh, you service or like the people that you've, because uh, I know that you have a, like, is it an entrepreneurial program or? Um, or we do a lot of uh, coaching, one-on-one coaching. We also have an entrepreneurial course. It's a, it's a quick so and dirty two-day after course. Anyone, so has anyone taken the dive? Yeah. There's been really? people that took the dive. Yeah. Do you ever check check on the progress and stuff yeah. like that? And yeah. they're 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 plugging away at it. They're plugging away. Yeah. Some people we still work with every once in a while when they run into some barriers and they they've exhausted all their ideas and they're looking how do I move beyond this barrier? So what are the do you even know the stats in terms of like massage therapists? Do the majority of them actually just start up their own practice or clinic or? No, I don't think a lot of massage therapists go right off the gate starting their own stuff. And I not at the gates, but eventually I guess. I think I think. I think a lot of it has to, well, massage therapists are really, really strange. Sorry, guys. Y'all, y'all are a little fucking strange. Um, don't I know it. <laughs> you're the only one. I don't know many massage therapists, but like. Massage therapists. Massage. We talk about this a lot on the podcast because I think a lot of massage therapists can't wrap their head around the idea that they're more than just a healthcare provider. They view themselves as a healthcare provider. They don't view themselves for the most part, as business owners, as right. organizations, as companies, and therefore they don't think and act like an organization or a company, right. right? They think of themselves as a practitioner, so all of their business decisions are made from a practitioner's fucking eyes, which is really different than from, you know... But none of this is taught, I guess, in like the actual not. curriculum no. about this possibility or this opportunity to actually start your own practice. Not so really. I guess they in, in, in educating a massage therapist, the, not the goal, but like I guess they're training people to work for industry, I guess? that That is all about entry-level practice ba- baseline skill. 
and your ability to deal with the public and all the rest of it in a safe and effective manner. Yeah. It's really got not much to do with anything business-like, right. which is a shame because there's probably a lot of massage therapists who would be very excellent clinic owners, mm-hmm. but just don't have the business acumen right off the bat. And right. some pursue it, some don't. And, and but then there's a whole the bunch point? of people. There's a whole bunch of people that don't give a shit. They just want a job, and they go get a job, and they right, they right, do right. the But like you have that kind of fire on the inside that says, you know, if the opportunity is there, then yeah, I'll jump on it. These are people that are, are mm-hmm. not even open to the idea of opportunity mm-hmm. because they don't care, which is fine. I need people like this to work for me, which is good. Not everyone should be of the on. It's not everyone's bag. Five biggest mistakes you made as an entrepreneur. Five biggest mistakes I've made as an entrepreneur. Jeez. That's if you don't big... have five, then we'll do three. <laughs> five biggest mistakes. Then we're going to follow it up with the glory. So. God, five biggest mistakes. I can't even think of any. I, I Once again, I, I, I play everything carefully. Uh, you minimize your mistakes. I minimize. That's the thing. Like I, I can't say, but maybe the reason why I don't think that I made a mistake is because Nothing is truly a mistake if you can learn from it, mm. kind of thing. Or um, you've accepted the consequence of these actions. And you're like, hey, this is just the outcome. This is one of the potential outcomes, and I got it, which yeah. is fine because I already consider this to be a potential outcome. Might not right. be the most desirable outcome, but at least it didn't right. fucking take me by surprise, right. right? So therefore, is it the biggest mistake? No, I, I anticipated this was a possibility. Three greatest moments. Three greatest moments. Yeah, man. Being an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> Making the first sale was always <laughs> that's that's a big thing. How'd you celebrate making your first sale? We made our first sale, and it was like what was it, three hundred dollar sale on a certificate or something like that? Yeah. Someone wanted training. We didn't even know how to price our our product properly, but you know what? We got our first student in, uh, completed the training, and she passed. And uh, yeah, it was it was. Uh, how did I celebrate that? I think we spent it. <laughs> the three hundred bucks that we made, we ended up uh, going out for drinks, was, uh, having a really good night, and just spent it. That's one. So what's number two? I, you know, getting generating leads. To be honest with you, yeah, it's not one lead in particular, but there was a point where we started consistently getting like 40, 50 leads a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And leads, as you know, is a big thing in the education yep. in the education sphere. Where if you're getting that many leads a month, you're feeling like, wow, like we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. So like there's interest in this product. So like all that research that you've done to identify whether or not this this product's in demand mm-hmm. and then people consistently calling in and, and, and saying that they need your services, like that made me feel really good. Uh, and then, you know, getting our first big contract we got a, like a thirty thousand dollar contract but i thought that was going to drive us for another five years <laughs> i was like what so i remember getting the call and and got we got the bid and i'm like fuck yo this is gonna we're gonna do this for another five years that yeah. was like probably year two into you know you have a your face changed completely when you start talking about these these three things yeah it's, it's funny it's easier to talk about the successes than <laughs> than the failures but like i said i yeah i, I think for me i anticipated failures so it's like I don't see them as mistakes. I see them as as the yeah, learning opportunities. So what's the next what's the next step for you, sir? Uh, I got to do what makes sense for the family, whatever that means. And I think that means you know making a stable <laughs> income. Uh, obviously, you know doing my own venture is not stable enough in the next for the next two to three years. Mm. So um, I can definitely see myself doing this again. Does the family pressure you for stability? Or is that you pressuring yourself? No, I pressure myself for that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I pressure myself. In fact, my 
if if it depends what you're asking, right? You're talking about the wife. Um, no, uh, she's been nothing but supportive. But once again, I I created this situation such that no one would be affected if I failed, right? So that's why. So if I didn't think of that exit plan, I don't know what. I didn't want her to be in that position to feel like pressured from my decisions, right? Makes um, sense. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> Does make sense? Does it? Like, yeah. So every decision I made was more for my happiness and what I felt like the. It's as long as it didn't affect the lifestyle of my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I could. I could pursue this. The moment that it starts affecting my family, it's like I'm not pulling weight, and my wife has to carry me, and my kid can't take lessons or whatever, or you know, yeah. program. Yeah. Then it's like then. Now this has become selfish, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, that's pressure on myself. But th- once again, I don't know. Like, I never put them in the position to say, like, hey, uh, I want to continue doing this. So will you let me do this? Yeah. And I never put that on them. I would never. Last bit then. What do your folks think of everything right now? Uh, my folks, Do they know that okay, you so and like, your partner have dissolved? My, my folks, <laughs> folks are super interesting. They're all over the map, man. So, okay, obviously, even till this day, they probably still want me to, to pursue medicine. Right, <laughs> and it, it's funny because like uh, I didn't tell them uh, that I started up a business, but they did eventually discover it by year two because I had my business cards lying around <laughs> my, my car and like, shit like this? that. Yeah. So like, um, yeah. Uh, so it was my my business card president CEO uh, in my in my car. My <laughs> my dad found it and he's like, "What's this?" So he's not an idiot. So he's like, what, "Are you doing something or whatever?" And so he eventually figured it out. Um, I don't know what he thought of it. He did ask a lot. He, he ended up started, so the moment he saw that business card, he started asking a lot more questions about what I was doing professionally. He's like, oh, how's your old job? So I guess he knew that I was no longer working for my old job. So I couldn't lie anymore, right? So I just told him I left and I'm doing something else. But I didn't tell him exactly what I was doing. But mm. I think he clued in that I was I was starting up my own business. Because I didn't tell him, he didn't, I feel like he didn't, um, didn't criticize me or didn't he didn't say like, oh, this is a stupid idea or whatever. Once again, I was just more protecting myself from the judgment of of trying to pursue something yeah i don't know if that's a good move or not i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know i i, I once again the, the reason why i decided not to tell them originally is because i feared them saying like this is a stupid idea you have a family you should find something stable so this is the funny thing because you so you did ask me what my parents thoughts were when i took uh, a job right out of university at the the original educational institute that i work for yep. so it wasn't until recently where my dad told me like yo you had a really good job (laughs) (laughs) why why would you leave that (laughs) i'm like i had no idea you thought that was even a good job yeah it's like okay thanks for telling me now right like (laughs) like that was enough for you guys like one of the once again like it so going back to like earlier in the conversation one of my motivating drives was like like making my parents proud of me and stuff like that so it, it's so interesting. So like the fact that he told me that I did have, so if you had known that, then I don't, right. would you have still would been I have, there now? Would I have settled and been happy with, with, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. I think I do have this innate drive to actually grow and be better. I think <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I don't have this ability to settle. I don't have this ability to settle. It's, it, it it's kind of fucked up though. <laughs> it is right no because then you'll never be satisfied it's like that you ever watch that movie five-year engagement you no. watch that movie oh, which uh, who's in that who's like uh who's that jason siegel yeah that's a jason siegel in the british chick yeah i saw it 
I didn't like it, but that's just me. But, <laughs> that's all, it's all about happiness through settling, I guess, right? I was, or just finding happiness. Yeah. I was stoned the other <laughs> night. Amanda went out to dinner. She went out to dinner with a friend for her right. birthday. And she, I was stoned at home. And I, was, I call it the God Channel. It's, it's one of those Christian channels. And I was watching the God Channel. And it was, it was this dude doing a whole sermon on this big, massive stage. And I got so zoned into it because he was talking about the errs. And I'm like, what the fuck are the errs? He's like, when you compare yourself to somebody else, it never ends. Because there's always going to be someone that's faster. There's always going to be someone that's stronger. There's, there's always, always going to be someone that does that's, something better. <laughs> there's always someone, <laughs> someone. Exactly. There's always this comparison yeah, can yeah. never end because you're never going to hit a peak because there's always going to be something er better, right. stronger, faster, er, smarter. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. Why did I even just say that right now? I don't know. Because settling. We're talking Settle, about settling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, I'm not a settling type of guy, and and I think that's what drives me to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. When when you have your own business, like you're always want wanting it to get for better. sure. See, you are. That's it. That's it. I'm, but I once again, stop. there's, we, there's, there's other was... factors that would can very easily deter me away from that. Like, had my parents told me that, <laughs> you I, know, I will. We, I will we like you for who you are. You don't have to be better than who you are right now. I, I, I think uh, innately, yeah, I do want to be better. But like, if my parents are satisfied, maybe like it would get me thinking at least, like about. You know why I think not? I think as much as as much as anyone is out to to please their parents with the goals that their parents had for them at some this is going to sound horrible at some point <laughs> your parents are going to die at some point your life is going to be <laughs> and then you live with that exactly at yeah. some point your life is yours again yeah. or some yeah. whatever no, it is i i i have uh, veered away from trying to appease my parents the moment i decided not to pursue medicine, medicine yeah. but with that said it's still lives it still harbors inside of me that mm. i wasn't able to like satisfy you know their wishes so uh it's something that you kind of have to live with i mean i'm comfortable with it. i have really thick skin i was bullied as a kid <laughs> i was a um fat little asian dude that made me a huge target right like i get it um, totally get it made me a huge target so Anyway, yeah, like, so I have a really thick skin. So there's nothing you can say or do that's going to hurt my, my feelings. So my parents probably said the worst shit to me ever. Mm. Like, my biggest bullies in life probably was... Your folks. My folks, my my my, uh, my family. Mm. I mean, but that's probably the case with most people. I think probably the meanest shit that you've ever heard in life probably comes from <laughs> your family, right? Yeah, well, the people that are closest to you. Yeah, yeah. or you, you, you take it to heart more, right? So, yeah, so uh, I have really thick skin. Um, I, I decided to just kind of follow my own path and not try not to let whatever it is that they were saying bother me. I don't know. People are probably going to dissect this and say like, wow, I can hear the pain in his voice. <laughs> he's, not really, he's not really over the shit or whatever. He's just telling himself this. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of it that's always going to live inside you of not like, I think your parents, I think for a lot of people, your your parents and their opinion of you is one of the most important things in, in your life. So just kind of opening the, the doors of communication mm. and even opening the doors of expressing your feelings is really important because once again, my dad just recently just told me things that I didn't, I, I think he told me things that obviously he didn't tell me as a younger child, which essentially shaped who I was. Yep. So if he had told me certain things 
then I do wonder if I would be different. I still so haven't this, had those things told to me. Well, it's so interesting because you did. You asked what makes an entrepreneur. Are they developed or are they or are they made? You know, like I think your personality does uh, play a part in in whether or not you will be a good entrepreneur or mm-hmm. not. Um, I think your personality is shaped by the way you grew up. Do you want your kids to be entrepreneurial? Uh, or do you want them to be able to be... Do you Okay, even even not so much entrepreneurial. Do you want them to be constantly striving for something? And at what point will you, will you be satisfied at what they're striving for? Does that make sense? Like It does. Uh, I'm really weird, period. No, Because you do want your kids to strive for stuff. Like <sighs> you want them to... So this is the thing about Asian parents. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Yeah, no. uh, I asked you a question. I'm letting you answer. No, no, no. But like... My parents constantly got me to, like, the way I grew up, they're constantly making me strive, strive, okay. strive, strive. Don't be satisfied with anything. Right. You got a 92? Why didn't you get a yeah. 94? So strive, strive, yeah. strive, strive. So this goes back to, like, what am I going to do with my son? Mm-hmm. Do I want him to constantly strive and never be happy? Or do I want him to feel like, hey, if you got a 92, yeah, that's fucking good enough. But then he's going to be satisfied with just getting a 92 when he his maybe his peak was, like, 101. Mm. With my kids, I want I want my kids to recognize whatever potential is there. I want them to be able to exercise that potential when they want to. I want them to be able to turn it on and turn it off whenever they need to. I want them to be happy. And if you being happy means you have a blue vest and some happy face fucking buttons on your vest... And you standing at the front of Walmart <laughs> saying, good morning, right, right. then that's cool. But as long as you recognize what your potential is and you sometimes exercise your potential, don't, don't let your potential go untouched. They have to. That's what I want. So red at pill, some point. So red pill or, or blue pill? Is, <laughs> at is, some is, point is in your, at some point, <laughs> all I'm just I, I can't go to the <laughs> rabbit hole. At some point in your life, I want you to have a greater understanding what your potential is and at least shoot for that sometimes. At right. least get there. And then once you've gotten there, if you realize, I, I don't want to put in the time and the effort to maintain whatever this level is, and I want to back off from it for a certain level of happiness, then fine. That's cool. Yeah. But now you at least know what you're capable of. Don't don't settle in that you're leaving fucking capability on the table. Figure out what that is. That's the only thing I want from them. And to, well, being happy with it. Right. It would kill me if my daughter was was like an awesome musician, but never really took it ever in her life, took it as far as as far as she could comfortably. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? If she was just like, oh, yeah, I'm great at this and blah, 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 and just do nothing with it, like wasted potential. That would bother me because at some point in her life, it might, it would probably bother her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That, but I have a podcast. <laughs> I can always go back to that. I got a podcast. What the fuck do I know? Yeah, I have no idea where this is going. It's good we'll, enough. We'll see me. how our kids turn out. And what age do we decide? Just don't be an <laughs> asshole is, is what I really want. Just don't be a fucking asshole. <laughs> I think that's a good standard. There's a lot of assholes out there. Oh, there's so many, but yeah, just don't be an asshole. But yeah, I definitely, 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 definitely understand that there's, that there is talent, there is potential. Explore it. You don't have to live in it. You don't because living in in a certain level of talent, talent or potential is really fucking stressful. And if if that plays a negative part in your life, then then don't do it. Yeah, but yeah. at least discover what it is. Yeah. 
but it's not even like the 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 idea of potential or whether they have it or not it's how far do you pursue i guess or strive to to meet this potential well because the weird without you know with the feeling of happiness or feeling that it's good enough you know what i mean well the, the the weird part is like oftentimes the struggle is the shit part right the struggle is the struggle and you don't know what it's going to do for you or how it's going to make you feel until you get past that struggle. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like if I'm a, a youth athlete, I fucking hate practice or I hate doing this or I hate doing that. But guess what? This is the fucking road to get to the big leagues. Yeah. And that's where I might be happy. I might not be, but it, I'm not going to find out unless I go down this struggle path, which is not meant to be fucking fun. I mean, if you enjoy it, then awesome. But if you hate it, you're normal, <laughs> right? So do I kind of keep pushing you along this path because you might get to the end of it and be like, yeah, this is fucking great. Thank you. Or it might be just like, oh, I wish I was never pushed that hard because I don't fucking care about this this much. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a tough go, man. I have no fucking clue. God damn it. Anything else you want to wrap on? I don't know, man. What else you got? <laughs> uh, to talk about. Well, I hope we freaking tied everything together. We kind of like went on a shit ton of. Well, we we like, did tie it all together. We started with your parents and we ended with your parents, and we realized what kind of uh, what kind of influence they have on you and how that's really shaped a lot of what you do. See, I did bring that back. Ah, look at there that. I think, yeah, like I said, I I think it's it's a fine balance to to having a certain drive to do stuff and then you know you're you're you, what you call safe and i call smart i think that's an important part of the mix i think just being all completely gung-ho and uh jumping off the deep end and not knowing how to swim but i'm gonna figure out how to swim that doesn't make sense a lot of the time mm -hmm. that's how fucking people drown right i think that's how a lot of businesses get started though that's how a lot of them get started <laughs> but then to have a certain certain amount of sustainability yeah you have to have the smart side and and the thing is with the success rate for most businesses small businesses um to 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 go into a, an enterprise mm -hmm. or an, an entrepreneurial uh, endeavor with that mentality, I think without thinking it through, yep, it's a mistake. It's a it's detrimental. It's, it's, it's I think a that's huge, how some people mistake. have you know uh, put their whole families into into risk and debt and all that stuff. Yep. So anyway, I, I do think about that. I don't. I think you have to think about. You have that. to. Those you are those. Yeah. Well, that's my that's what I kind but of getting people at. People can argue that that's not the proper mentality for for a startup. No, like. I, you, like you have to have the full circle for success. Yeah. You can have a certain amount of success with the gung-ho mentality, yeah, but you might crash and burn without the safety side or the smart side of it. And then if you're if you're too overly cautious or you're too overly smart or the smarter end yeah. of it, then you might not get the gains and the winds that put you over the top. Yeah. You're sustainable, but you might never get to that point of I, I've arrived, mm -hmm. which, you know, it all depends on how you want to, how you want to go about what you're doing, but you have to have a combination of the two. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I'm in the same school of thought for sure. Yeah. And if you got your partner who is like, you know, guns blazing over here, then yeah. it, the smart thing is for you to exercise the polar opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, for someone who's like me, like I, I have someone that yeah. that pulls me back down yeah. to say this is a fucking dumb idea. Yeah. Well, that's, that's never my intention to tell him his ideas are dumb or it's just to 
express an opinion, uh, to let him see an alternate side. Yes, and that's needed. The possibility of failure, not to say that you will fail, but the possibility that it could flop. Mm -hmm. And then if we do flop, where does that put us? Exactly. And you need that. You need that because then you're just fucking, you're, you're, you're pedal to the metal in the fog, just going full force. Like you need someone to say, slow the fuck down and let's think about this a little bit more. Right on, brother. I appreciate it. No problem, man. This is fun. (laughs) You're like, this was not fucking fun at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for having me to your basement. This does remind me of high school parties a little bit. Sorry for all the noise. Oh, it's all right, man. There's a lot of background noise. That's cool. I dig it. The fan, the dog. I don't mind. I don't mind. The uh, kid running upstairs. (laughs) Footsteps. That's the way it is. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.